we're gonna we're gonna start right there at Crystal Skull. Oh no. <laughs> and why and why and how it exists. And also because they're making another one. Like they're almost done with another one. Oh, I know. I'm trying not to think about it because as far as, you know, Indiana Jones 4 doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Kate Blanchett Mm-mm. in a wig. Nope. With monkeys. <laughs> Sounds like a fever dream you had. <laughs> and Shia LaBeouf. In, Definitely uh, is a fever dream you had. I don't know what you're talking about. And John Hurt. Nope. And maybe like... You passed out watching Transformers and imagined a fourth Indiana <laughs> Jones movie. <laughs> if only. If only. But yeah, Harrison Ford will be back. He's 80. Yeah. And I think they've figured out a way where he'll only have to be on screen for like 15 minutes. Because <laughs> I think they're going to CG. I'm not trying to spoil anything, folks, but I think special effects will be used. <laughs> yeah, especially for to the make action sequences. <laughs> Harrison Ford look able bodied. Contractually obligated to <sighs> both be in for 15 minutes and be CGI'd. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's so odd. Like, like if you're going to force him to do that again at 80, either recast the role or just make a new thing. Like, I don't think it's out of Spielberg's wheelhouse to make something new. You know? <laughs> Harrison Ford is a very surly, curmudgeonly. <laughs> I mean, make him the professor, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. Give him Sean Connery's role in sure. the third one. That like, could work. Yeah. Uh, we're here today to talk about movies, and we started the Crystal, Crystal Skull, uh, <laughs> of course, one of the best movies ever made or imagined. Uh, you're listening to A Little Too Quiet. It's the Ferndale Library podcast. It's brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. You have uh, heard me talking to Simon, recurring guest. Welcome back, Simon. Hello. Pietro. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Pietro, you have chit-chatted with us randomly here and there whenever movies come up, so I, I detected a passion for for cinema in you, uh, as there is in myself, and I know for Simon, who, who develops our collection of DVDs and now Blu-rays, Simon. Yeah, Blu-rays. Um, yep, we did finally get Blu-rays. Uh, let me know if there's anything new coming out that you really want to see on Blu-ray or like classics that you know are out on Blu-ray. We've got item recommendation forms for a reason. Let me know, because right now I'm just buying things that... Uh, I can only get them on Blu-ray, so let me know what you want to see. The more I learn about Blu-rays, the more I become familiar with the phrase 4K. Right. <laughs> what is 4K? Um, essentially 4, just... 4,000. Somethings. 4,000 somethings. 4,000 somethings. I'm, um, I, I vaguely know it's about the number of pixels mm -hmm. per something. Mm -hmm. um, I do not have a 4K capable TV, so I can't comment on if it's actually that much better or not. But I will say there is a very large jump between DVD and Blu-ray, especially if you've got, uh, I mean, pretty much everybody at this point has a 1080p TV after, um, after, you know, 2020. Sure. <laughs> Uh, so I have something to confess, both yeah. of you. I am a film nerd. I'm a film geek. Sure. I'm a film buff. I'm a <laughs> okay. film snob. I care Same. about this stuff. I really care about this stuff. I yeah. watch the Oscars. I invest <laughs> oh, in this wow. stuff. I, uh, so, and I guess I feel like moderately troubled by the state of movies. Sure. Same. The state of the movies. Same. Right. <laughs> Anybody else feeling that? Anybody else an equally movie nerd here 
who is watching the Oscars with me. <laughs> so I'm going to stop uh, talking before the playoff music comes. Yeah, I mean, I, I watch the Ox- Oscars and then I get upset about the Oscars and then I turn off the Oscars. So that's, that's where, yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> There's just, it goes on for so interminably long that it seems like a, a marathon of which I'm not usually interested in participating in. Although, um, my brother lives in Los Angeles and he has done some commercial acting. And one year he was in a Samsung tablet ad that played during the Oscars like seven times. So that's the one year I actually watched the Oscars all the way through. And I feel like I'm still watching it now. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, tell me, tell me about like when, you know, our previous librarian who was here collecting the dvds was also uh, passionate about this stuff he sure was <laughs> indeed would would uh would talk rapturously about his uh heydays in the in the 70s like being a ticket taker at a movie theater <laughs> which is a thing we used to go to we used to go to buildings yeah. and pay money and walk into a room together nicole kidman can tell you all about this <laughs> in very awkward stilted dialogue yes what's the phrase about heartbreak um somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this that's right yeah <laughs> i saw she was kind of getting called out i'm like why are you doing this nicole kidman and her response was it's so true (laughs) (laughs) but like here's the thing like i really want to i guess i want to be on that wavelength i want to agree with heartbreak feeling (laughs) good in a place like this i want to be at that level And I want people to go back to the movies. On, on that note, R.I.P. Main Art Theater in Royal Oak and yes. the Film Lab in Hamtramck, which barely got a chance to spread its wings. Mm-hmm. That was actually the last movie I saw before the pandemic was at Film Lab. Mm. That's was, like uh, right at the end of my block and I never went there and I regret uh, it. Yeah. <sighs> that is another reason we're here. We, we lost the Main Art, which was in a nearby city, independent cinema. Yeah been going there for half my life and now it's gone it's literally gone yeah not even the building is there it's rubble right and that was really sad i was maybe two weeks ago i went to the imagine theater to see a documentary about the pablo boat (laughs) and made by local filmmakers yes yeah Yeah. and it's totally something that would have been at the main art and it was Mm -hmm. like i was just thinking about that in the lead up to this and how sad it was that now imagine gets to co-op that and to drive by the main art and see the rubble was just like heartbreaking yeah god i think that was the first studio ghibli movie i ever saw in a theater was at the main art and it was spirited away oh wonderful and i like i was very young and had to convince my parents to drive across the state to go see it because it was the only theater in the state that was playing it (laughs) so you drove all the way from the west side yeah a three-hour yeah. A three-hour tour. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I, I got family on this side, so it okay. wasn't, like, completely, like, oh. bananas, mm-hmm. but, yeah. <laughs> that might be a good time to just wax rhapsodically about anime, Japanese popular <laughs> culture. I mean, I know that I'm opening up Pandora's box when it's Simon. Yeah. <sighs> Man, was that like it? Was that was that a formative moment, Spirited Away? Or had you gotten into anime before that? I... Um, I... Hayao Miyazaki, we should say, is yeah. the filmmaker. Yeah, um, I would say it was a formative moment for me in terms of like watching standalone anime movies. Yeah, because like at that point it was just Toonami after school, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, it's. I still remember going to go see it, obviously, and then I think a couple weekends later, it was the Cowboy Bebop movie. Same deal. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I went to see that yeah. too, and then my brother, who's a little more passionate, more passionate about it, went to see it mm. four more times. Oh God! <laughs> In the theater, <sighs> which is a thing we had to do before we could just. <laughs> download or stream right you had to go back to the theater yeah no and (sighs) and we're not hold on we're also not that old it's just yeah no i'm not that old but yeah (laughs) things have changed that much in 19 years or in the last two years really even for that matter to be Uh, honest yeah i still can't believe i saw the last matrix movie like on a friend's tv and not in a theater (sighs) wow i saw every other matrix movie in a theater but not the fourth one (laughs) Mm mm-hmm well, there's just something so special about that experience and the, the community yeah. and the communal nature of it. And especially going to see a horror movie and everyone's yeah. screaming at the same time or a comedy and everyone's laughing. And a lot of that has been lost. And I don't want to sound like I'm too bitter about it because I think there's a whole world that's opened up through the world of streaming that allows you to access things you wouldn't have been mm-hmm. able to before. But at the same time, there is that nostalgia for being a part of the group and for getting the overpriced drinks and popcorn and everything (laughs) absolutely yeah one of the reasons we started the film club here at the library is that the members involved were missing that specific special moment of not being in a movie theater together but the like communal viewing of something yes but specifically uh when you leave that movie theater with if it's your date your partner or three friends or two friends or four friends and you maybe go to a coffee shop Mm -hmm. and then you start talking about what you just saw yeah that urge to to just talk about what you just to process together yeah Yeah. uh is why we started the film club and you you can't really get that when you're watching matrix (laughs) four what's it called again (laughs) matrix resurrections i don't yeah i think so right most people would just absorb it on their television and their only recourse one of two recourses yeah. might be to just go on Facebook and say, boy, howdy, I just watched <laughs> Resurrections. I, I will say. as like a status update. Yeah, I will say um, I did watch it with several friends on their big TV and we like complained about it the entire way home <laughs> from said friend's house. But yeah. Pietro, did you see Matrix? Matrix 4? I, full disclosure, have not seen Matrix 4. That's well, okay. there are resurrections, <laughs> I will tell you. <laughs> I think I actually rented all the other Matrix uh, trilogy films from the library and watched them and mm-hmm. probably over the course of three days about 15 years ago. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Matrix came out in theaters in 1999. Yep. I did not go to see it because I was probably too full confession preoccupied with going back for multiple viewings of a little film called The Phantom Menace because I used to be a card-carrying member of a cult uh, <laughs> that refused to see any uh, any negative qualities about that film uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, just liked lightsabers. And I completely missed The Matrix. But then I saw it on VHS. Mm-hmm. And I remember that feeling of, oh my gosh, I wish I had seen this in the theater. This right. is so amazing. Also, yeah. it's night. 900 times better than the phantom menace <laughs> <laughs> but so. the phantom menace did have really good uh taco bell tie-in toys <laughs> oh yeah oh i remember Crucial. those <laughs> yes Crucial. also incredible video game came out of that really? the, uh pod racer oh, for right. n64 yeah. yeah and the pod racer um oh speaking of things that aren't around anymore but unrelated arcades oh yeah the arcade game version of pod racing you actually got to sit in a pod and do that yeah mm-hmm. <sighs> 
there's something communal about arcades. You yeah. might have two or three people crowd around you to watch you get the high Do score. The yeah. We have, I should say, like shout out to something like Discord, which you could actually yeah. watch a thing from a distance together if yeah. you so choose. Right. So yeah, that's that's mostly what I did in the early days of the pandemic with some friends of mine. Um, we just watched stuff together on Discord. Mm-hmm. Like someone would pick a random Blu-ray that they had and be right. like, "Oh hey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah." Spirited away. Yes, that was a formative moment. Yes, Pietro, tell me tell me about your movie life. So I have an older brother, and he was a film major in college. Cool. So I think by osmosis, I absorbed a lot of like the canon or I wanted to like understand the greater significance of Citizen Kane when I was, (laughs) you know, 11 years old and uh, things like that. But I think for me, I can remember getting my first paycheck at my first job and immediately going to Best Buy and spending all of it (laughs) on overpriced DVDs. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, A Clockwork Orange and Donnie Darko. (laughs) Not bad. So that says a lot about the counterculture anti-authority teenager <laughs> that I was at that time. So yeah, that was some formative stuff for me there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Donnie Darko, I have not returned to in a while. Me neither. I don't know if I want oh. to, honestly. And I wonder if it's still profound <laughs> or, <laughs> or counter if it ever was. Here's so. the thing. The director's cut of that movie is terrible. Um, no offense, Mr. Director Man, if you're listening to this. Um, but the thing is, if you watch the commentary on it, uh, he's watching it with Kevin Smith, of all people. Oh, they, no. Yeah. And at one point, I think Kevin Smith forgets they're recording a commentary track for it because he just starts talking about how terrible the director's cut is to the guy wow. he's like why did you edit this like this nice <laughs> wow, that's yeah kind of amazing right uh <laughs> kevin smith uh 1994's clerks a yeah. breakout auteur of the 90s a uh trailblazer of independent cinema of low budget of hockey yeah. jerseys of I, hockey jerseys of... i still remember getting mall rats from blockbuster nice. when i was like 15 Speaking of formative moments. Yeah. Mallrats is probably the film of his that I have the closest relationship to. Yeah. For sure. I used to see Kevin Smith at like a, at Washington Square Park when I lived in New York. And I remember always being like, oh, I'm going to keep on walking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I'll do sensitivity and respect to the dude because I know he just survived a heart attack. That yeah. was very scary to him. But I think also he had... I don't know. I've I've heard him on a lot of podcasts recently, and he mm. it does seem like he likes to hear himself talk mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> what, um, what about the trajectory of his films now? Because I feel like he took a big kind of like veer off of the course. I haven't seen anything of his in, in years. There's now. literally a new Clerks movie coming out, oh, so he's okay. veered back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Tusk was wild. It's yeah. a fun movie to see in a theater because nobody knew what they were watching. I've always been curious about Tusk. Yeah. And scared and confused. E- yep, that's those are some good emotions to have about it. It's the one where they get like barricaded <laughs> off and there's a lot of shooting that happens. That's Red State. Okay, that's Red State. That's what I'm thinking which, of. Yeah. I guess is also his other horror yep. foray. But Tusk Um Tusk is the, you know, I'm a Mac guy from those ads, gets slowly turned into a walrus. Justin Long? By a mad scientist, yes, thank you. Yeah. That's the premise. That that is it. Uh Uh-huh. Justin Long gets surgically turned into a walrus. 
No, no spoiler. Well, spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of after Cop Out in 2010 with Bruce Willis. Right. He's kind of <laughs> literally called Cop Out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that that reminds me of a new tangent is that my brother and I were just talking about specifically the best winning Oscar films of the 90s. Mm. And what a weird decade yeah. <laughs> that was if you look too closely at it. Now, however, you could say Silence of the Lambs. Mm. Uh, great but after that it starts getting weird really fast like gone with the wind i'm sorry not gone with the wind <laughs> yeah i was gonna say <laughs> dances with wolves oh yeah got it mixed up in my head like they're both over three hours they're both <laughs> yeah they're both not great yeah not great <laughs> dance with wolves winning over uh goodfellas uh, yeah. and then you look further and you look at and you look at Forrest Gump and it hasn't aged well yeah. or you you look at uh the English patient and who even talks about that anymore yeah and then you look at Shakespeare in love and then you start to realize that it is the decade where there's lots of mm, shady lots of shady shit happening with Harvey Weinstein and yeah. all of that Miramax stuff and it just feels like a tainted decade <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin yeah. Smith was kind of in the mix of all that so and everything that happened with say Fight Club afterwards mm -hmm. and the Matrix with like oh red pilled blah 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 yeah. like so many people just missing the point of the movies of that decade too absolutely yeah right taking on a life of its own in the the following decades really yeah. Like, are you blue pill on this issue? Are <laughs> right. you red pill on this issue? Right. Uh, which is wild for a movie written by two trans women. Like, <laughs> right. A lot of people uh, misinterpreted Matrix and Fight Club. Yeah, and... Fight Club written by a gay man. Right. Yeah. And there's comedy in there that yeah. is not picked up on. Pietro, thoughts? Tell me more about living in New York. Well, I lived there for 16 months. Okay, okay. And I lived in a two-bedroom apartment with five other people. Sounds right. As one does <laughs> in, in New York City. And actually, one of my roommates is an incredibly astute film buff. Like, he can tell you the day of the week and the date that movies have come out since the 70s. Wow. <laughs> yes. And people also thought we were twin brothers, even though our... Uh, <laughs> ethnicity and like ethnic heritage is drastically different <laughs> so we we worked together and sat by each other at work and people would always be like twins brothers or and then we'd say no and they'd say oh same milkman or like same mailman <laughs> but that was a time in my life when i was watching a lot of movies like kind of like you were talking about communally with a group of seven people you put it on and a lot of times maybe you just have it on to make fun of it or yeah. to, something yeah. is background noise and uh, so it was like that was like my college dorm experience since I didn't have a college dorm experience when mm -hmm. I was in my late 20s uh, living with a lot of messy men. Sure, sure. <laughs> I think I had that, too, I guess. Not entirely messy men because there were messy women, too. We were living in a, in a co-op in college. And so there was mm -hmm. uh, this, I guess, frat or sorority sized house, but like full of like. Yeah, groovy granola hippies who yep. are just like we're if this isn't anything we're just hanging out together and yeah, yeah big old living room and going to the local independent movie store and getting lots of jim jarmusch movies and nice and just experiencing it together so yeah 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 so we had uh we had hbo in the house when i was growing up so oh fancy yeah, indeed yeah. we so. had uh whoever lived I moved around a lot as a kid, but in the house that I spent the most time in, whoever lived there before us had like bootlegged HBO nice. and they just left it when they moved out. 
So I had like green and blue fuzzy HBO. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing that we can now be nostalgic for. Right. Blue and green fuzzy channels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but when I was five years old, I was always asking my parents to play a movie instead of like a half an hour cartoon. Mm. Interesting. Uh, granted, it was like only one of four movies and I made yep. them play those four movies <laughs> ad nauseum. But do you recall what they were? Of course I do. <laughs> well, the the two biggest would have been, remember I'm five, uh, mm. would have been Spaceballs and the Three Amigos nice. and Princess Bride. Okay. And then probably a Star War. Uh, yep. One of the Star Wars. <laughs> nice. Uh, so I don't know. I had a 90 minute attention span at least. <laughs> Wonder, what do you think that says about you, Jeff, that you were selecting that over the half hour cartoon? <laughs> well, those are very colorful, fun, and Definitely. fast paced, like relatively speaking, fast paced movies. So mm. I think a, a kid can definitely lock into those. So I don't think I was extraordinary or anything. <laughs> um, Especially a Star Wars. A Star Wars or, you know, Mel Brooks. It's just yeah. whatever. It's not exactly highbrow. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, HBO is on and I get older and I see Quentin Tarantino movies before I'm old enough to really see Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah. Uh, some Coen Brothers movies before I'm possibly <laughs> old enough to see Coen Brothers movies. Uh, and then by the time... Wes Anderson shows up I'm like oh okay so directors okay directors are like uh, stylists I was starting to like pick up on that finally yeah Yeah. and I've been a nerd geek buff snob (laughs) ever since uh yeah man see when when I was growing up um Muskegon it's a very very small town on the west side of the state Mm -hmm. Uh, bigger than you'd think but still pretty small and if you are too young to drink and it is winter and you can't go to the beach, the only thing you can do is go bowling or go to the movies. So I saw like every single movie that came out between like 2001 and 2007. Oh, wow. <laughs> interesting. A very yeah. rare time for film. Right. <laughs> yeah, that might be an interesting era or it might be a bad era. I can't remember. It, it was kind of wild because um, I'm one of the only people I know that ever saw Layer Cake, for example. Layer Cake. Um, Daniel Craig's introduction to the world. Yeah. Um, great movie, honestly. Wow. Also, Not familiar. Yeah. Also, who is in there being scary? Uh, is it, isn't it the uh, actor who, the second Dumbledore, is he in there? Yes, he is in there. Um, it's not Christopher Plummer, is it? Is it? Well, we're going to use our brains. We're not going to look it up. Yeah, we're not going to look it up, which, oh, this is a good time to plug that there's going to be a library-sponsored movie trivia event um, at 215 West on October 17th at 7 p.m. It's going to be horror movies. I will not allow you to look up answers on your phone, Ooh, so get yeah. ready. Links in the show notes. Links in the show yeah. notes. Um, yeah. Yeah, Lair Cake is like um, Guy Ritchie-esque. Yeah, without being a Guy Ritchie movie without directly, Ritchie I think. Movie. But I was, yeah. I also loved Guy Ritchie when yeah. I was that age too. Because like you were watching stuff on HBO, I was going to Blockbuster with my mother's card, and like I went through puberty kind of young, so I've always looked a lot older than I am. Mm-hmm. Except now, apparently, I get carded <laughs> well, for R-rated movies. That's but a good thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> so I would just go with my mother's Blockbuster card and check out whatever. Right. Awesome. Did they really yeah. care though? Period. Eh, Mm, we I, had some people that cared really the, i grew yeah. up down the street from a blockbuster yeah. in the local strip mall and i don't recall if i ever tried to like pull a fast one on them there <laughs> yeah. but i do remember wanting to go see 
uh, me, myself, and Irene before mm. I was of age. Mm. And my cousin and I lied about how old we were, but we said we didn't say we were old enough when we lied. So we, oh, no. <laughs> so, we, <laughs> <laughs> so we said we were going to see The Fast and the Furious. No, it wasn't The Fast and the Furious. The Gone in 60 Seconds. The, the, oh, the yeah. Nick Cage. Yeah. So we said we were going to see that. And then we saw me, myself, and Irene. And retrospectively, I think we made the wrong decision. So neither is really that <laughs> choice of a decision, I guess. Indeed. Indeed. And while we're on the subject of sneaking into things, mm. uh, shout out to Cole Kidman's own AMC theaters for <laughs> uh, letting an 18 year old, my older brother, take me a 14 year old in to see uh, Half Baked with Dave Chappelle and just <laughs> letting it ride. Nice. Yep. Basically letting him count as my adult uh, super like yep. parental guide, I guess. Yep. And so. <laughs> That was uh, that was a trip. Um, is, uh, you mentioned Pietro at one point, like the counterculture teen that you were. Yeah. I snuck myself into Garden State. Ooh, <laughs> that was my <laughs> very indie. Yeah. Yes. Put the headphones on. The Shin song will change your life. <laughs> yes. I, another movie like Donnie, Donnie Darko, where I was like, this is so profound. Yes. <laughs> it has an age. Well. No. The soundtrack is still still slaps. Definitely. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was actually thinking about how important soundtracks and scores are and like how often I have the score from Cinema Paradiso in my head and in your Marconi movies and how oftentimes like we were just saying the soundtracks age better than the films themselves or end up being more you know meritful than the movies themselves like the the oh man what is the name of that Jeremy Irons Robert De Niro movie in the jungle the mission Oh, Again, right. another movie where yeah. I remember the music more so than the movie. Yeah, I don't yeah. even remember that movie. <laughs> right. I can think of what the the cover of it mm-hmm. looks like, but yeah. yes. Because it's Morricone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like The Virgin Suicides to me, that movie is, you know, it's it's an, it's a fine movie, but both the air score and the soundtrack are yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned later that uh, there's a lot of screenwriters or just writers in general who write to music or... Mm-hmm will be thinking of what songs they do want to use for certain scenes as writing it yeah um and that was that was big i'll go ahead and just continue to be fun facts that came up in the donnie darko director's commentary oh yeah this is going to be me plugging you know check out dvds from the library and then listen to the director's commentary some of them are really interesting this is where Um, i wanted echo and the bunny men this is where uh, i wanted joy division no that does actually come up there was a there was a um that that sparkle motion dance scene it wasn't originally going to be that duran duran song it was like something even more obscure but then he was like somehow it was cheaper to get the rights to the duran duran song and like if it's got a 4-4 beat you can kind of edit around whatever it was and i was like what what (laughs) echo and the Wayman, joy division duran duran and tears for fears like yeah all in one movie you have four incredible musical moments. soundtrack definitely aged better for donnie darko than the actual movie did Where you see all the characters in the movie in that opening sequence to mm-hmm. head over heels. That's that's classic. Yeah. Oh yeah, the director's cut changed the music cues too. It's oh, awful. Really? Don't watch it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Has that director done much in the interim? Uh, he's done at least three other movies that okay. I know of that I don't think I watched. <laughs> yeah. Does, does anyone really care about the other ones, or is that? Uh, n- no. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Confirms my suspicions yep. then. <laughs>
I'm wearing a shirt for Halloween. Mm. Not the holiday, but the movie. Mm. You are. Can we talk a little bit about horror films today? Of course. Pietro, you don't watch many of them? You know, I'm sorry that I keep on talking about my brother. Yeah. But <laughs> growing up, he would make me cover my eyes during the scary parts of movies because I think he himself was a little bit of a fraidy cat. Okay. So he was Aww. trying to protect me. Aww. So I think because of that, I had an aversion to the films. And now as an adult, I've been discovering like the quote canon of classic horror movies. And honestly, it's been a lot of fun to That's get great. to watch them yeah. in the last six years. <laughs> and like discovering Halloween and Halloween 2 for the first time and Friday the 13th. Okay, listen, Halloween 3 season of The Witch is a lot better than you'd think it would be. <laughs> okay. This is true. Now, Michael Myers is not in it. Is it a Halloween movie? No. Is it a good movie anyway? Yes. Okay. That's they, they get to this moment uh, after they quote unquote kill Michael Myers at the mm -hmm. end of Halloween 2 where they're like, okay, the Halloween franchise will just become like an anthology. Each successive film starting with season of the witch will be like a just Halloween inspired yeah. <laughs> horror story. And then uh, everyone rejected it and hated <laughs> it. Uh, they said, where's Michael Myers? And they brought him yeah. back immediately for part four, unfortunately. <laughs> Has it been the same actor in every film? No. no. Okay. Uh, it was the same actor for the first two. And then they just got random guys for like the next seven-ish. Oh, there's like 10 of them I now? think so. Yes. Yeah. I actually just watched The Birds for the first time. Oh, cool. And honestly, that movie terrified me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Tippi Hedren, I believe, is the lead. Right. But let me be a nerd for a second yeah. and let you know that my mother has a cat named Tippi Hedren. Aww. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That That's a freaky movie. Just yeah. thinking about that as being a very real prospect is like, wow, we would be in a lot of trouble if mm. The Birds decided that we were not important anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they didn't that, like us. <laughs> <laughs> that movie uh, has some really freaky sequences. Mm -hmm. um, I am always thrown off by how uh, Jessica Tandy is supposed to be Rod Taylor's mother, and on screen they look like they're 10 oh, years yeah. apart in age. Yeah. But um, the phone booth scene, the restaurant scene, yeah. um, mm -hmm. there's actual just freaky, freaky deaths in that, in that yeah. movie. And, you know, again, the importance of practical effects yeah. for how well a movie Definitely. ages. Yeah, because, like, you look at something like Birdemic, and it's like, no, that movie looked terrible the instant it came out. But, like, The Birds is still, we're still watching The Birds. We're right. still talking about The Birds. Right. Like, Sharknado. I, uh, okay. Which I only bring up, and then I'll let, <laughs> I'll let Simon talk, is, like, there's... There's this incredible fine line between the birds high art and then into sure, the B into the B movie <laughs> schlock. Yeah. Uh premise is one thing, but like execution is everything. Yeah, execution is everything, but like uh, I grew up watching Mystery Science Theater, which if people haven't seen is Midwest born and bred comedy show. Bunch of guys in Minnesota watching terrible movies on public access TV, making fun of them. And like at one point during an interview about that show, someone mentioned the thing that makes a movie riffable, like watchable, like especially a bad movie, like a B movie or whatever, is that it's sincere. Yeah. And like if everyone involved is like sincerely doing their best, sincerely cares about the project, like treating it very seriously, you can still watch it. Yep. And sure, it can still be bad, but it's easy to make fun of. It's easy to see the passion. Yeah. And like Sharknado and Atlantic Rim and like Birdemic are just not. <laughs> 
<laughs> missing something there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I remember something changing when Snakes on a Plane came out. Yeah. And it was like, oh, so this is ostensibly bad on purpose. Right. Can't I... be bad on purpose. No, you can't. It just doesn't work. Unless Pietro, you've, you've got to. Unless if we don't want to offend you if you <laughs> yeah. really like Snakes on a Plane. You know, that's not my, one of my favorites, I think. <laughs> I will say I did see that in theater, but that was part of the era of I saw every single movie that was in theaters. I'll um, save you I'll save you all 85 minutes. Uh, he says, I'm tired of these snakes on this plane right at the end. And it's it's not it's not an easy sit. It's not funny. No, it's not scary. Yeah. The only thing I remember about that movie is Kenan Thompson having to land the plane and talking about how this was the part in the video game where he would always crash. That's yes. the only thing that stuck yeah. with me about Snakes I vaguely on a plane. remember that too. Same. <laughs> and, Juni- and Juliana Margulies from ER is in it for some reason. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember that part. So, yeah. There's, I, I saw a meme on the internet, uh, which is a place where you find memes okay, go on. Uh, about people who really love spooky season and mm-hmm. horror films and mm-hmm. Halloween and just gothic aesthetics. Uh, probably being an individual who was exposed to the quote unquote exorcist at age five. Oh, yep. no. I was not exposed to the exorcist at age five, uh, but I had two old, older siblings who were left in charge of me and <laughs> I was five. And uh, I was at least in the room for a few minutes when they put on Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. Uh, and I, folks, you've been listening to this podcast for a long time. You've gotten to know me. I think I turned out okay. <laughs> if I could just say so. But, um, but it did like, it did scare me a lot. Yeah. And yet I keep coming back. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. I uh, see my first exposure to horror as a child was Scooby Doo. Um, I mean, obviously, and then and then like the Universal movies. Yeah. yeah. But uh, speaking of the R rated um, restrictions at the Blockbuster near where I grew up, uh, the first Evil Dead movie is unrated. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Let's talk about this. Have you ever seen Evil Dead? I believe so. Okay, it's been a while. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Simon, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say I was way too young, especially for the first Evil Dead. Yeah. I really should have started on Evil Dead 2. It yes, seems like but... I think everyone sort of has that, though. Like, yeah, I remember watching The Exorcist with a group of friends when I was too young and they fell asleep and I was by myself just like mm-hmm. shaking in this room, watching MTV music videos until three in the morning to, is my only companion. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, MTV music videos, on a side note, could also be terrifying sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good example of a terrifying... Oh, I'll give you one. Genesis' Land of Confusion uh, <laughs> with all the puppets. Uh, links in the show notes, folks. Um, <laughs> terrifying stuff. But Evil Dead, uh, made by Sam Raimi, of course, Michigan mm-hmm. natives. Uh, the film was like probably worked on within our home state often probably edited here in yeah, metro detroit but they filmed it in tennessee but they filmed mm. it in tennessee <laughs> so it's like a half michigan movie yeah <laughs> um listen there's several uh, michigan state outfits in that movie indeed. it counts yeah <laughs> but you mentioned evil dead 2 which is in 87 and evil dead 1 is 81 yep. and the second one is weirdly almost a redo yeah, it spends like the first 15 minutes kind of covering the tracks of the first movie, but then it's like, no, we're going to go in a completely different direction now. We've got budget. Let's do it. We've got budget. Let's do it. But <laughs> yeah. also, the first one is like just plain, and I don't mean this be- This isn't a-, a shot at their budget and their lighting. It is darker. 
Yeah. Uh, it's darker in tone. It's darker in mood. Yeah. Uh, it's it's grim. Yeah. And the second one is kind of a cartoon. Yeah. In <laughs> in the best way possible. In the best way. Um, I think they called it splat stick. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Even though but, it gets like I've I rewatched it recently, having like I I watched it like three years ago and then rewatched it again recently and thought like this is disgusting yes (laughs) (laughs) uh but again to speak to the importance of everyone involved caring is like literally that first evil dead movie the final special effects sequence is done with like oatmeal Mm -hmm. like instant oatmeal getting squeezed through a shirt sleeve Mm -hmm. and like it's still a great movie that scares me honestly yeah (laughs) oatmeal yeah yeah as someone who eats instant oatmeal in his car (laughs) on the way to work way too much uh, that I feel comfortable admitting. Just that oatmeal thought, in the shirt sleeve. Yeah, yeah. That thought is kind of haunting to me. Uh, if it's if it's Quaker Oats, then we can go into a Wilford Brimley tangent, bring it over to The Thing, which is another oh, yeah. disgusting movie. Uh, I literally just watched that the other day with some friends of mine that had never seen it. If you haven't seen it, Pietro, I'm not going to talk about what happens in that movie. Um, but it's John I, Carpenter, right? Yeah. yeah, I know that much about it. Uh, and, and and Eddie Morricone, our guy from Andy the Mission. Morricone, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, but I think Jeff and I talked about when I mentioned how I just watched the thing that it's like uh, just a perfect example of minimalism in every aspect like the sets aren't too crowded Mm -hmm. there's only like seven actors the score is just barely there but when it is there it's insanely iconic yeah um and like the main character his entire his entire thing is just he's 35 he's a helicopter pilot he doesn't like the cold and the money's good and that's it and that's all you need you know and he's got like a world-class beard yeah the beard is phenomenal the beard is just phenomenal (laughs) but a thing, a, a thing about the going back to why we love the movies, why we love going to the movies, or why we love mm-hmm. watching movies in groups is mm-hmm. that when you, like Pietro, if you weren't sure you could get through Evil Dead 2 or, or Exorcist, if you watched it with Simon and I or just watched it in a group mm-hmm. and it got to the scary gross part and we all scream together, yeah, it's somehow endurable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know. The first thing that came to my mind is like a roller coaster and like how yeah. how weird and wrong would it feel if you just rode a roller coaster by yourself? <laughs> um, <laughs> like the thrill wouldn't be there. Fun facts. You can do that in Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it is as awkward and awful as you are picturing. It's awkward. Yeah, I <laughs> yes. know. Like, like I, I've only watched a horror movie by myself once and mm. it was... The Shining, and I was not old enough. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. But I loved it. Yeah. No, I, like, I'll watch some 70s schlocky horror movies by myself sometimes, but it is definitely better. It's also a good way, watching something with another person is a good way to make a bad movie bearable. Absolutely. Right. Um, And memorable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, you try, mm, mm, Paranormal Activity, good example. My mom went to see it at, like, four o'clock on a Sunday, and it was full of teenagers that were talking through the whole thing, yada yada, she hated it. I went to go see Paranormal Activity on one of its last midnight showings, and it was me and a friend and another couple that had come in. By the end of that movie, we were all sitting together (laughs) and, like, freaking out. Yeah. New friends. Paranormal Activity, I also saw in the theater at night with people not that late, but late enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few times, no, it is the only time I came home from the movie theater and walked around my house turning on every light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I needed every light on after that movie. Yeah. But it's because of 
how effective it was to be in a room. Right. But you try and watch it now, it's, which which I say that, but then I'm like, please check it out from the library, please. Also, it's, check it out from the library. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But have a group of friends and make sure it's three in the morning. Um, <laughs> if you watch it, yeah, literally with just two people or, or one other person. Yeah. And whatever you want. Have you ever seen those movies? Paranormal Activity? Yeah. I can picture them in my mind, but I don't believe I've seen that one. I was going to say that I think I'm one of the last people that has not seen Hereditary and I just saw it over the weekend. Oh. And that was a movie where at the end of the night I turned off the lights and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I need to turn these back on. How did we not lead with that Pietro? I guess we needed to talk about we needed to talk about Nicole Kidman and AMC, of course, but naturally. Yeah. Wow. So that really just like made my mind explode. And I, I saw Midsummer in the theaters at the main art, of course. And I did see some through lines between the two films, but yeah. Hereditary to me just engrossed me from the first 120 seconds and it never let That's go. Awesome. It was so good. Speaking of yeah. your your brother closing your eyes, I went to go see that movie in a group of four. Mm -hmm. And I know, uh, I just knew ahead of time that one person wasn't going to be able to handle some of it. Yeah. And I had been mildly spoiled about some of the things that were happening okay so uh i'm not gonna say it on no, mic i'm no. not gonna say on mic what happens but i'll just make a gesture that since this isn't a visual medium i knew when this was happening yeah <laughs> oh. so i i squeezed her arm and said you'll want to close your eyes at this. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she did and she was grateful so i think <sighs> since we can't see what i'm doing i just went like yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah well and i think that's also one of the only movies that uses like there's a specific tone that we can barely perceive but it causes anxiety i think that's one of the few movies yes. to use that like really effectively the so, tension builds so yeah, well yeah. in those two films we were talking about paranormal activity and that's an outgrowth of the phenomena of the found footage subgenre that mm. blair witch yeah launches it, and you'll yes. see lots of versions of that it's um the movie with the giant monster walking through Cloverfield, oh, uh, Cloverfield. or, or Cloverfield. Chronicle or all those other movies where it's like, it's a camera. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in. But then we get into Hereditary and we've now seen with the rise of A24, the, mm. the rise of, I don't know what they call it, um, smart it's... horror or like. Well, okay. Uh, oh, no. Uh, do you, do you, I was did just you trying to remember thought? what it was called, like Hereditary or Insidious. Yeah. Um, I Here's the thing. It, the well, I'm going to say this like it's a or big... the witch. Yeah. the lighthouse. Yeah, I'm going to say this like it's a big declarative statement, and I could just be completely talking out of my butt and have no idea what I'm saying. But, like, there's... It's, like, the same thing with certain aspects of publishing. The money is in, like, the big tentpole, right. like, Spider-Man, Marvel movies, Star Wars, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. yes. So, like, I feel like a lot of the directors that would have made, like... Uh, what's that one that John Favreau did? That first one, Swingers. Swingers, yeah, <laughs> like directors who would do something like Swingers or like the small budget, but or even still Clerks or whatever, or yeah. even Clerks or whatever. They're kind of getting shoved into horror right now, interesting, because horror movies still make money reliably, right? But you know, uh, like if I recall correctly, Hereditary wasn't even a horror movie in the first draft of the screenplay. Well, like I think he that... had to pitch it as yeah. not a straight horror film. He said it was yeah. a family drama. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Right. And it's not incorrect to characterize it's, it's it not. at all, I don't <laughs> right. think. I just, oh God, I'm now also remembering a coworker at another library I used to work at. I told her to watch Hereditary because I was like, this is one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. She checked it out, came back the next day and was like, it didn't scare me at all. And I was like, what are you? What was your life like? Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. 
have you have you no sympathy for Gabriel Byrne? Um, you know what? There's a pun there that I'm not going to say on Mike, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but it's a spoiler. All right, so that's another thing is that we, you know, this is on my mind too, is that Billy Eichner's bros is like not doing well at the cinemas because yeah. because ellipses, is it because it's a gay rom-com? Or is that also like, is it compounded? Do people just not go to see rom-coms anymore? Do people not go? Are rom-coms that, dead? Yeah. Are rom-coms dead? And then when you go back to our pal Nicole talking yeah. about heartbreak feeling good, I think that's ex- like exclusively for the big dramatic Oscar-y cold mountain movies mm. when she's talking about, I feel drama, I feel heartbreak. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't think people go see the rom-coms <gasps> or the dramas. They're Here's... going to see Marvel and horror. Yeah, I have I have several opinions about bros that this could be its entire other podcast, um, specifically about the marketing that it's the first gay rom-com from right. a major studio. That's right. literally not true. Right. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> crap, I forgot where I was well, going. I guess they have to they have to say that in yeah. order to like make it seem like it's a big, important deal that you need to I get. Guess, go to the but theater well, and see s- it. speaking about the stream and stuff you were talking about earlier, Pietro, mm-hmm. like Fire Island was amazing. Fire Island was a Mm rom-com. I would have gone to see that in a theater. Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Was Point Yang in that? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to see that. It's really good. (laughs) And it would have been great to see it in theaters. Yeah, except Mm -hmm. I can't, I don't even think I can get it on DVD for the library because it was a Hulu movie. Uh, Womp, womp, womp. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other kettle of fish, yeah. (laughs) But I wanted to get on mic here today to say, to just remind folks, uh, as Mary Graham just said back in the office, that we we the library we are the free media place yes if you, i mean Ooh, not only free media place but also you know are you sick of things disappearing off streaming services randomly yes. to never come back again guess who probably has the dvds yes there's some things that you simply can't find anywhere else too yes. I've, I've found in the last several months yeah <laughs> oh do you want to watch uh joan crawford's last movie trog you're only going to find <laughs> that at a library i think i found last exit to brooklyn the film adaptation of that that was strictly a library only because i think it was yeah. a french yeah in france originally yeah or what if i want to watch repo man it's probably it's yeah, here it's here and am i going to find it anywhere else who knows so yeah. that's how i watched they live recently too and that right. was yeah. yeah. Also, shout out to uh, I haven't seen it in years. I'm just saying asterisk because you can't find it anywhere. Uh, Gene Wilder's Haunted Honeymoon is yeah. here yep. in the building yep. on DVD. You will not find it literally anywhere. Right. So. Please don't steal it. Yes, <laughs> folks, please. We're the free media place. We're, we got, we're free. We got to share it. Back. <laughs> but that's that's the thing is that I like to say is like, oh, are you overwhelmed with streaming services? Mm-hmm. Do you not want to? Is, is it not in your budget to handle that? It, well, you can still do the old-fashioned thing that we all used to do back in 2014. Yep. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> we get DVDs or Blu-rays. Yes. We put them into a machine. Yeah. <laughs> or like if you... Honestly, I'm pretty sure either Jeff or I or uh, maybe even Pietro, like if you're like, I liked these five movies, what has come out in the last decade that I would also like in this, you know. You can't get that from a streaming service these days. There's the algorithm, but the algorithm, mm, if you, if you type any letter into Netflix, you will probably get Mean Girls as one of the first results. (laughs) Doesn't matter what, you know, (laughs) after a certain point you want to watch something other than Mean Girls, the algorithm's going to fail you there. (laughs) Truly. There's nothing that replaces human contact. Right. Right. Or uh, laughing together or screaming together or feeling heartbreak together. Uh, (laughs) This is why we go to the movies. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) But I, yeah, I just wanted to 
to talk a little bit about horror movies since it's October. Mm-hmm. Halloween's coming. I uh, wanted to talk about the horror trivia night coming up. Yeah. Um, I almost, Ooh. yeah, I don't know. This is going to be so fun. Yeah. Uh, no spoilers for questions. I know. I was like, tell us a question right now. <laughs> Do we get like categories um, or anything? Okay. Like well, is it eras? Yeah. So several of my friends like pulled me aside when I said I was doing this. And they were like, you can be a little obscure, especially about horror movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I won't. I promise. I'll stick to, you know, 80 slashers, universal monster movies. Mm-hmm. We'll stick to things people have generally seen. Mm-hmm. I promise. Now, if you want to get obscure about horror movies, please come talk to me. I uh... <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Ted, Ted Raimi, if you're listening, you should attend. <laughs> um, man. And then just DVDs in general. Uh, which yeah. is something we're gonna, gonna continue circulating. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, because not everybody has streaming services, like, right? And this like is for everybody, who wants to subscribe to seven different streaming services just right. to watch like a handful of movies? Exactly. <laughs> right. It's not that much different than cable at this point. Right. And you've been able to build with Blu-rays, new yeah. anime titles, new foreign titles. Yeah. It's been going great. Thanks. Pedro, did you have fun on your first podcast here with us? I had a lot of fun, Jeff. You should come back again soon. Be my honor. That's great. Yeah. Simon, thanks for joining us. Oh, no problem. I believe in the movies. I am a movie, movie snob. As I said, geek, nerd, I care about this stuff. Oh, shout out once again to Hereditary and its horrible Oscar snubs. Oh, absolutely. Speaking of why I get mad at the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, again, an, uh, a genre that's usually always overlooked. True. Yeah. For the Oscars. True. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> we we hope uh, you enjoyed some of this. We hope that we didn't come off too curmudgeonly, and we apologize for any tangents involving crystal skulls. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate you listening to this podcast. It's called A Little Too Quiet, and it's the Ferndale Library's podcast, which is brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. Go to ferndalefriends.org if you'd like to support this podcast, but remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends, especially if they love the movies. We'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening.